today's show, we welcome our amigo Kevin Wren, founder of Wren Sports. And that's followed by an after-hour segment with Ryan and Scott, all about the Fall Color Festival. That's coming up right after this. The official wreck for the Danger Gnome podcast is 1UP USA, the makers of the finest hitch rack in all of the world. It's the only rack that I trust to carry my precious cargo down the road. 1UP everyone with a rack from 1UP USA. Hey, it's Uncle Gomez, and we have the founder of Wren Sports, Kevin Wren. Welcome to the show. Hey, Gomez. My pleasure to be here. So it's it's... I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time, uh, and it's finally come true. So we should like we should have some like canned applause. <sighs> <laughs> well, um, it has been a while, and I appreciate the opportunity to come on and give you a little update on what's going on here with Ren. Cool. Well, we have kind of like a big announcement, and uh, our the first thing on my list is kind of a little bit of of a brainchild that I have, which is the fat bike triple crown, which, uh, I said, well, I was writing up the, uh, the event spotlight for the U S fat bike open. And I started to say, wow, Wisconsin really has the three has three giant races in it this year. And I was like, wow, we should call this the fat bike triple crown. So I thought, well, and the three races are the U.S. Fat Bike Open, the Borealis Fat Bike World Championships, and the Fat Bike Berkey. Those are the three races that came to my mind when I was like, wow, three big races. And I was like, well, we, yeah. should, we should offer prize money to the man or the woman that wins all three. Call it the Fat Bike Triple Crown. And so you and I were talking about some of the stuff we're going to talk about later, about some of the new stuff that's coming down the pike. And... I mentioned it to you, and you were like, well, hell yes, we should do that. And so we have the Fed Bike Triple Crown sponsored by Ren Sports. How about that? Well, um, we're, we're happy to be involved, Gomez. And, uh, you know, that, that region of the country uh, is, is so important to the fat bike uh, industry. And, uh, you know, you fatbike.com is what you do. And... Um, you know, our claim to fame, if that, um, was the inverted fat bike fork. And um, people continue to tell me that the market is dying, and year after year we increase our sales more than double digits. Um, so, you know, uh, to get involved in a community like that where, uh, you know, fat biking is in their blood and, and you're drawing people in now from uh, all over the world, um, we would love to be a, a participant in it. So thanks for the opportunity, and we're definitely on board. We'll work out the details as we move a little uh, closer to it. Right on. And uh, Ed, so you'll see something on the site about the Triple Crown, and it's going to be a 1000 bucks to the man and or woman that wins all three. So uh, one of the things that just happened that uh, we were talking about is the Perseverance bar. You guys have the flat bar out, but I actually got and have done one ride on a prototype of the drop bar Perseverance. So tell us about that. Yeah. Well, um, we uh, we brought on another partner uh, in the business a little over a year ago, Cameron Sanders out of uh, Alaska. 
And Cameron is a fat bike aficionado. Uh, I first was drawn to him for uh, his photography. Uh, he's done a lot of uh, images uh, on the glaciers in Alaska, and I was just drawn to him for that. And conversation led to uh, inviting him to come join the company. And so Cameron um, does a lot of not only fat biking adventures, but he does a lot of gravel adventures. And um, every time we would speak, he would come up with, you know, what we need to do. And there'd be some new product that he was suggesting we should work on. And um, when he talked about the adventure bar, um, I could easily see a need for what he was talking about based on the usage. And so we went ahead and tooled up the flat bar. And um, we also, at the same time, went forward with the drop bar. But because of the angles and the bends, um, drop bar is, is more complicated. And uh, we had hoped to introduce everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drop bar, the flat bar, and the set of armrests. And, um, you know, with COVID and everything, um, and, and the bike industry manufacturing being what it has been the last couple of years, getting anything made um, in a timely manner is not easy. And uh, so we felt very fortunate. We got the um, Perseverance flat bar into production and uh, we put it up on the site for some pre-orders and I was extremely pleased at at how quickly it took off. And um, we just had Ashley Kerlock run the flat bar in the Atlas mountain race and she was the first woman finisher setting a new record and she absolutely loved the bar. So, you know, it seems like we've hit a, uh, a good niche market again, which, you know, the fat bike uh, inverted fork was a niche category. You know, it, it seems to be an area for us when we can find something and do it well. Um, I'm anxious to see what you think of the, the drop bar. And um, we, we manufactured, oh, I don't know how many, but, you know, you're one of the guys who got one of the first pre-production models. And um, we hope to be shipping that in early December. Cool. So, yeah, I, yeah, it's fun. It's you know, a solid bar, and, and uh, I definitely see where it's going to have a lot of possibilities and uh, take and really put the adventure into my adventure gravel bike, which I'm I'm right a salsa cutthroat. Um, that I think I and I I started to use the hand positions. I've only had one ride on it, um, but. Looked great out of the box and installed solid, and it's definitely solid. That extension on the front, uh, I it has a ton of ha- options and hand positions, and it, it's just going to make it so much easier to hang gear. And with today's rider cockpits being so crowded with everything that you might want to put on your bars, lights, your GPS your uh, Bluetooth speaker. I'll just piss some people off out there by putting that out there. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. We, um, obviously, the, the, the design direction was for people like Cameron who go out and ride a 900-mile unsupported event, and, and they're looking for more hand positions, more areas for equipment. And one of the first people who placed an order was a guy who does uh, video I guess it's blogging mm-hmm. and um, you know, he's able to put that out on the front of the loop and it's given you images as he's riding. 
and the camera turns and now he's talking to the camera. And it's just, you know, it's something that um, we didn't anticipate when we, we built it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not just for hardcore people like that. It's for people who want to share the adventure and have a little more space, et cetera. So, um, you know, we did the, the flat bar, the drop bar. We did um, uh, the armrests, which should be coming out middle of November where we'll be shipping the armrests. Uh, and like I said, the drop bar will follow in December. So, you know, it's fun. Um, the color of the bar when I first saw it um, was overwhelming. And yet when you actually outfit the bar, you only have small sections where you see that color. And so, um, you know, it's fun again, because um, coming from big corporations, Bell or, uh, you know, Cannondale, you, you couldn't do something like that unless it was signed off on. And, uh, you know, Russ Cameron and myself, we said, you know what, let's do it. And, uh, and so it's since, fun since the, when we'll, it works. We'll uh, paint a, a color picture for the listener is it's, it's a kind of a copper anno, right? Or how would yeah, you describe it? Yeah, that's what I would it? call it. Okay. You know, it, it looks most, mostly like copper in my opinion. Okay. Kind of a, that's what I know, thought. a name for it, but but, you know. and, and like I say, it's um, when you get everything on the bar, you're only getting. And um, I, I now when I first got the bar, and I, you know, I'm sure when you open the box, you go, "Wow, that's, that's a whole lot of copper." Um, yeah, but I knew so. that it would be covered. Ninety percent of it is covered with with tape. And one of the things right. that I have to say about uh, the proto is it came with tape that was plenty long enough to cover the entire surface from uh, right. from each end right. there so uh, that's well that's and good. you know if we've been including it with the people who pre-ordered the bars they all got a, a roll of tape for free um, the length of the bar or the tape was designed so it would do exactly what you're talking about yeah. and you know if it costs you an extra 30 cents when you're ordering the tape or having the tape made um, it's 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 the right thing to do, and it's and, wide uh, enough for off roading that drop bar. Yep. I tell you that it's, yep. it's I don't I didn't measure what it is at the hoods, but it's five hundred plus five thirty right. somewhere around there. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. I'll get out my tape measure. <laughs> yeah, and, and I should be able to provide you the uh, you know the dimensions, all the drawings and stuff like that. So cool. uh, you can give them exact numbers. I should have it on the top of my head, but. And Cameron, uh, Cameron, I've I've met Cameron, and we raced at the same race in Talkeetna a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic. Um, so, and uh, you had said that this year you're going to have uh, riders in the I Did a Ride Trail Invitational running your Perseverance Bar, right? Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, you know, we've got Cameron in Anchorage, and we've also been working with Tupper Becker up in uh, Fairbanks. Oh, yeah, we love Tupper. Yeah, so Tup, um, uh, he's got a few people. Um, I, I won't mention names, but they're all previous Iditarod winners. Oh, cool. And, and they have been testing um, suspension fork, performance handlebars, um, you know, it's it's nice once you get somebody like Cameron or or Tupper who believe in the product. Um, it's different, you know, both the fork and the and the handlebar. That a lot of people will say, "Hey, what is that? I've never seen that before." And um, to have people like that who can say, "Oh, you know, it's it's a Ren Perseverance bar. It's the inverted suspension fork." Um, there's a, a credibility there 
that when people go to the website and then they go, oh, these guys really do use the product. Um, it's it's wonderful. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, we're so lucky to be in this position to have the flexibility to look at a project and say, yeah, we'd like to go ahead. And We've got other things in the pipeline that, um, you know, we're excited about. And as I mentioned, you know, it's, it's frustrating because um, so much of manufacturing capacity was tied up. And the last several months, it's freeing up a bit. And so uh, I think things will get better. But um, it's it's been a tough couple of years in terms of being able to meet the, the demand. The product has been, uh, sales have been growing. And, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate to be in the position we are. Hopefully, we're, we're on the other side of COVID. And, uh, you know, we, we hope the economy doesn't, uh, you know, take a crap. But other than that, um, you know, it's a step-by-step, but day-by-day move the business forward. Well, I know you're uh, you're running a deal on your carbon handlebars. That's a product that I've written yeah. for longer than, longer than, well, probably five years. Um, so we're, we're very happy. You know, it's one of the projects that um, we do fully in-house. Um, all of our carbon products, the handlebars, the uh, seat posts, uh, are all made 100% in our factory in, in Taichung. And um, it's high quality. It's Japanese carbon. It's hand rolled by older women who have been doing it for decades. And um, it's thoroughly tested. We pass ISO, EN standards. Um, I've been working with Tinker Juarez since my days at Cannondale. And you know, Tinker's been running our bar now for, geez, eight years, and he's won a couple of world championships on it. Um, it, it holds up. And so uh, as the pandemic was going on, um, and we looked at, you know, things where you have to go outside for a particular uh, component of an assembly. Uh, we wanted to do more in-house. And so the carbon bottle cages was something where we could increase capacity and not worry about getting deliveries. And so we put a production order in for, uh, just about as many carbon handlebars as they could make. And, uh, we've decided we want to put a premium quality world-class carbon handlebar in people's hands you know, at an incredible value at $99, um, you know, you can't even buy Chinese garbage for that price. So, you know, um, we're, we're at a point now where we can do those kind of things. We want to strengthen our customer base. Um, for me, it's about having a good experience, not only with the purchase, uh, with the product, but also afterwards with customer service. And, you know, my partner, Russ, on the East Coast, he handles all of our customer service. And so, um, you know, obviously, we've, we've got a product that doesn't require a lot of service or one guy couldn't do it. So, um, you know, the carbon bars are an example of something that goes out, it never comes back. Um, we've, we've never had a failure on the bars. Um, our ISO and EN testing, we go about 20% over the standard. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very confident from a liability standpoint in the product. Yeah, and beyond that, super effing wide, 830 <laughs> millimeters. 840, don't, don't Oh, 840, cheat 840 sorry. I think I might have trimmed yeah. mine to 830 because of a couple of trees out yeah, in Kettle Marine. Yeah. 
Um, well, they're done for the downhill guys, and and they're marked, you know, to get a 35-millimeter 840, um, I mean, the cost of the carbon increases so much more, and uh, yet we're offering that for the same $99. We just want customers to have a good experience with our product. And, and you can always um, trim them down. You don't have to run oh, yeah. them that way. Like I no, they're all marked. They're indicated, and, um, you know, they're easy to trim up, so... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a good value, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, you know, Christmas is coming, so if people yeah, need and it a, goes goes right along with the lightest uh, aluminum stem that in existence too. So, well, uh, actually, actually, I was corrected this week. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There is a stem. Um, it's made in Italy. Um, checking out their website. I, I, I apologize. I'd give them a plug uh, if, if I could recall the name. But it was a small manufacturer in Italy, and he is CNCing um, the, the stem to an extremely lightweight. Um, it's probably a good 10, maybe 15 grams lighter than us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do pass the EN standard, according to them. So um, I will no longer claim to be the lightest EN. We are, we are ISO NEN certified, but you know, um, give people credit. Um, our stem is super lightweight. Again, Tinker's been running that for years. Um, and it's a great value at $89. And, and we ship that anywhere in the world for free. Yeah, so. And this isn't like, these components are what I would look to for a boutique build. These are not, right. these are not, right. uh, house brands. This is what you, this is what you replace your OE stem if you want to count grams and well, you know, and that's, that's part of, that's part of why through COVID we've been doing very well. You know, somebody wants to buy a bike, they're stuck at home, there aren't bikes in the marketplace, so they get something that they're not quite happy with. And so those people that stuck with it, um, are now looking to upgrade and whether that's, you know, a fork, a handlebar, a seat post, um, and, you know, for 40 years, I did product development and sourcing and the factories that I worked with, you know, whether it was for Shimano, Cannondale, Bell, um, the world-class manufacturers, they're capable of doing anything. And when we first started the business, we reached out to a few of those factory owners for investment. And so having, you know, those people as investors in your business, um, we're able to utilize some of their engineering and, uh, you know, it's, it's just been a wonderful experience for us. And I'm happy to share that by being able to take, you know, really world-class product and put it out in the marketplace for $89 on a stem and $99 on a carbon handlebar. So, well, that's almost the perfect segue for our next, two. our next subject, which is, and, and this is kind of since, since we haven't had you on the show, um, I kind of would like you to just take us the brief history of the upside down fork, how it became, how it was out there in the market, and then sure, you sure. took it and developed it to what it is today. Well, it goes back to when I, I started the business. I went to uh, Taiwan and spoke with various factory owners, told them what I wanted to do, and uh, a friend of mine um, was manufacturing the inverted fork. And he was selling it to Carver and Eleven Nine, and a couple other people were selling it. And um, 
he asked me, you want to sell the fork? And I looked at it and I said, yeah, it just makes a lot of sense to me. And I forget what we ordered, a uh, hundred forks, something like that. And, um, when they came in, I had problems with almost all of them and, uh, started talking to him and his answer was to replace the fork. And I said, that doesn't do me any good. You know, now the customer has two things that are broken and he's more pissed off than he was in the beginning. So, mm-hmm. We talked to him about fixing a few things, and my problem with that is that now the ideas that we're sharing are being shared with other manufacturers, uh, other other retailers. Mm-hmm. And so um, about the same time, we got some investment money from uh, Kozo Shimano is one of our investors and uh, uh, friends at the uh, Taiwan factory side who prefer to remain anonymous. Um we had that cash, and so we were able to talk to to John, the factory owner, and say, "John, I will, I will buy all of the production that these people bought from you. Whatever they bought last year, I'll give you a purchase order for the whole thing. But I have to have exclusive." And that's how it started. Um, you know, the the basic design is is outstanding. It's a modular fork where. Uh, you have four different sizes of crowns, a 100, a 110, 135, and a 150 millimeter. Mm-hmm. And so you've invested in four molds. You have one set of dropouts. You invest in one set of dropouts. The tubing can be cut to whatever length, so you have a 110 and a 150 option for travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only difference internally is on the spring. Uh, the 150 requires a longer spring. So... You know, it, it made a lot of sense for a small company like us where we could offer four models of a fork. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's been a slow, steady, uh, people like it because it's inverted, it's different. And so it started like that. And then we realized that a, a majority of our customers are coming from extreme cold weather, uh, where you are, I consider extreme cold weather, sure. but even more extreme than that. I mean, right. we were getting calls from Norway, Sweden, Finland, uh, you know, people up in the, the Arctic Circle. Sure. And we saw an opportunity with cold weather performance because the fat bike was being used by a lot of these people um, all year round and in environments where you were running, you know, minus 15, minus 20, minus 30. Um, and it took us a while. Um, we, we at one point had a a replacement damper. You would take out the standard damper, put in your extreme winter damper. And we played with, oh, different porting for the, the damper with the oil. We, we played with different viscosity of oil. So we think we've got it nailed pretty well right now. We're currently running, you know, on a regular basis, minus 30 without issues. Um, obviously you need to, to change some of the grease on your fork. You can't just take a standard fork and go out in the marketplace, uh, without, uh, re-greasing with something more like a, uh, uh what would you call it? A, you know, a high, uh, a lighter viscosity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, we oil. recommend, yeah, a lot of, um, uh, aviation type stuff, you know, yeah. where it's, it's dealing sense. with an incredibly stream. You know, like I say, Russ handles all of those type of customer inquiries. And, um, my side of it is, is basically the operation running the business. So, you know, it's, um, it's been great. Um, my partner sold the business, uh, the uh, factory that was producing the, um, the fork for us. And the new owner has been a pleasure to work with. We've been working with them for about four years. And, uh, you know, about that same time, um, we started shipping our first custom fork. We make a fork for 
company called Stromer e-bike out of Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And um, we did a custom fork for them. And over the last three years, um, they've, they've helped us a tremendous amount um, in terms of exposure for the brand in Europe. And we're at the point now where 65% of our sales are coming from Europe. Um, and they've also brought us opportunities for other custom fork designs from other people, which uh, we're about to deliver another fork for a company called Revolt. And so we found a niche with e-bike uh, suspension, and um, we're executing it well. Um, so, you know, uh, the inverted fork has been really, really good for us as a foundation. And having that stability now with a couple of uh, larger OEM customers, um, we're able to invest in new product developments. We've got a couple new things in the pipeline that, um, you know, we're excited to, to put in the marketplace. And, you know, again, going back to days at, at Bell or Cannondale, where you had oversight saying you want to spend how much to invest in that. And, you know, all that oversight and scrutiny, uh, we're in a position where the three of us can get on a call and, look at a project and decide, okay, you know, we're, we're going to spend that money for the tooling. We're going to spend that money for the minimum order quantity. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun to, to, this isn't work. I mean, talking to you, is not work. This is fun. Um, so, you know, at 68 years old, I'm having the time of my life. That's awesome. So yeah, I'm, I've, I'm happy. I've ridden one of your forks for six years, it turns out. <laughs> uh, looking back at, uh, at some, Thanks to Facebook's memory uh, <laughs> dynamic, right? Um, but just recently, this last 60 days or so, I've been running it on a, a Rocky Mountain Blizzard, this slack mountain bike of a fat bike, and just having a ball. And I actually uh, I, I raced it. And in later in the show, in our After Hours segment, is, we're going to talk about that race, and uh, we're, we're going to... Uh, have a couple of dudes celebrate that, celebrate your win i heard you won <laughs> well i won my age bracket i was, well, I, I, was I didn't have to say that you didn't need it <laughs> well in all honesty i was you know first and dead last that's how old i uh, am <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the categories i look for <laughs> so uh, you know i have i have a whole stack of medals that are all from th <laughs> situations like that you know if you're only one of three people that show up boom you're on the podium. You don't put that on the plaque when you hang all those medals on the wall. You don't put up a sign saying, well, this one, you know, This on. is the one That's where they had a category for uh, gray-eyed, uh, cross-dominant <laughs> Lutherans over 75 years yeah. old, and I totally exactly. won that category. I crushed it. <laughs> but the thing, six years old, on and off how of a bunch of different bikes. Yeah, I, I've had it apart. Served? I've had it apart once, just yeah, to yeah. experience that to see how yeah. simple it is, and to yep. see what's on and the inside of that dual chamber. Uh, man, did you have to swap out your your oil cartridge. No. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, you did. No. You did, no. No. You no. No. I. I yeah. just. I just opened it up, and I. Th I think what I was doing was. <sighs> I, I can't remember. It's been so long ago. It was like right. It was right when we were doing the review, so it had to do with something. It, I, I can't remember. I have old timers. It's, there you go. And it there was six go. years ago. No, but, I mean I'm the same way. I I you know I ride my local trails here. It's not like I'm putting a lot of miles on the thing, but 
you know, I don't remember the last time that I opened it up and re-greased it. And, um, you know, the thing is, uh, it just goes. It's so simple. Like you said, when you open the fork up, you go, Jesus, you know, um, I, I can't believe how easy this thing is. So, um, right. you know, we're, we're very lucky. I mean, uh, the service parts are all the same, whether you've got a 110 hub and 110 travel or 150 hub and 150 travel. You need bushings, they're the same bushings. You need, you know, an air spring, it's the same. So, um, you know, we're able to maintain that stock when a customer calls up and, and says, hey, I need something, we've got it. And um, it's, it's a nice position to be in because I understand that a lot of other customer service is not quite, you know, uh, they, they've cut back on staff. And, you know, when you talk to Russ about, hey, my fork is making a noise, Within five minutes, he's telling, you know, did you check this? Did you check that? And, uh, oh, yeah, okay, thanks. That solved it. So, um, right, you get to talk to a real person when you call call Ren Sports. And, and, you know, as an owner in the business, too, he doesn't want to dick around. He wants to answer your question, fix your problem, get you off the phone, and go back to doing what he was doing. You know, this is all he does. Uh, Russ is older than me. And and so, uh, when somebody calls him, he, you know, gives it a hundred percent in terms of addressing your problem, fixing your problem. Um, you know, we have a two year warranty, but if you called up and said, Hey, I'm, I'm having a problem. It's doing this. And he determined you needed a part. We would send that out under warranty. We're not asking you, you know, what's the serial number from your fork and looking it up and, and you know, come on, you, you bought a rent fork. We made our money when we sold it to you. And, and if you've been riding it for six years, that's all six years of exposure yeah. for the brand. Yeah. So, you know, we, we bend over backwards to make customers happy. And, uh, you know, it goes back to, you know, things you learned as a kid. And, uh, you know, my mother always said, treat people the way you want to be treated. And sounds pretty simple, but yeah. you know, if you do it in life and you do it in business, generally speaking, you're going to come out on the, the right end of, of any type of issue like that. So, All right on. Anything else that you wanted to share on the uh, development end I of would, Forks? I would, well, not so, well, yeah, no. Because um, <laughs> there's something here on my list that you haven't, saw, that you haven't talked well, about. All right, okay, okay. Well, you know, we are, we are working on Coil Fork, and um, we do get requests for it. And we've been studying it for some time. And uh, what we were trying to achieve is a new fork, a coil fork, um, where the internals can be used um, if you want to switch from an air system, the twin air system, over to a coil. And um, I would anticipate we'll have some testable samples here before the end of the year and um, should be in production towards you know fall of next year on a, on a coil fork. And, you know, it's, um, it's one of those projects where we can put it in the pipeline. Um, we can take our time in development. We're not under pressure, you know, to achieve any kind of deadline. Um, so that is, that is one thing that's actually happening. We're working on a new front carrier um, that will allow uh, a basket or uh, other accessories on a front rack that will mount to uh, our suspension fork. So uh, you'd be able to carry some stuff up front and not have to worry about it moving with the, the stanchions. 
And, um, you know, again, that came from Cameron. It's, it's him using a product and saying we could do this better. That's one of the so, advantages of, of the upside down fork is that it doesn't, the top part doesn't move around. So that's right. That, you know, and, and that's, you know, in terms of performance of the fork, if you, if you shot a video of our fork and any other standard fork going down a trail when you laid out, oh, let's say some rods, some, some three inch round rods, and you rode across that, uh, you would see how quickly the inverted fork responds to small bumps. Um, because it's got less weight in the bottom, it takes less of an impact to move the stanchions. Whereas with a standard fork, um, it will be slower to respond because you've got to push all that weight of the, the internals and the, um, the lowers um, before it begins to, to suspend. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a ton of advantages to an inverted fork. It's why motorcycles run it. Exactly. Um, That's what I was going to say is, like, look at any motocross bike and boom, upside down. Well, and, and there, are, there are some issues to it. Um, one of the big things that we had very early on was complaints about torsional movement. So you come into a corner, you lock up the brakes, and the front hub wants to twist. Yeah. It's going to it's going to rotate that lower stanchion. Um, we solved that by putting keyways in the upper and uh, brass keys in the lowers that slide in those, um, uh, those, those keyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, there are things that can be done as you move forward, and uh, the coil fork will be the next uh, revision. It'll, it'll be, I don't know what you want to call it, REN 2.0, I have no idea. And now is that... But, is uh, that uh... Just my 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 layman's brain is is that more of a downhill oriented fork because it's a coil? Well, um, it, it, it it certainly would be. Um, although the the twin air allows you to put more more pressure in the lower chamber to prevent bottoming out. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we have historically not played in the downhill category. We um, you know we're a fine cross country enduro, but clearly fat bike fork. Um, it was not built to take downhill abuse. And um, we are playing with uh, a double crown, uh, 200-plus travel fork, um, but it, it really isn't high on our priority list. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a glamorous thing. I um, forgot and- that we've sliced the mountain bike categories into so many thin slices where we have downhill, enduro, all mountain, down country, <laughs> cross country, and sure. gnome country, which is where right. I live. <laughs> well, and the, you know, um, it, it is amazing. And, and I look at things like the Red Bull Rampage, which draw, you know, tens of thousands of people and get so much exposure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in doing anything that encourages, you know, uh, those are professionals. But, you know, Jesus, I, I, right, I've yeah. been in factories for 40 years. I see how this shit is made. Yeah. Um, stuff eventually can break. And, Especially um, when you launch I, at 60 feet down, yeah, you know? down a mountain. And, yeah. That's well, at least they should they should give them insurance. When you sign up to race that thing, they should give them, you know, here you are covered yeah. when you Let's, kill yourself. Would, Please choose your coffin or the co- or the or the, the color of your body cast. <laughs> no, it's you know, I I just I, I can't encourage that. I, I really can't. And uh, you know, I look at uh, I don't know if they're a competitor to you, but you know, Pink Bike does that Friday fails, 
And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. every time I look at that thing, and I, I, I cringe. I just go, oh, oh, is that the way people are using our stuff? I, yeah. And, I, and, I don't know, like to see people is. break their bones and stuff. That's that's just not entertaining. Yeah, yeah but you don't stop watching, do you? I, no, I, I can't watch that stuff because I think, oh, you can't watch it oh at all. God, it's going to be me someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing any of that stupid shit, so I can watch it. No, I, I, you know, and I send it to like a friend, a family member who knows nothing about psychic. I'm like, well, are you people crazy? They go, well, I don't do that shit. Right. But, you know, you see that and you realize that's how people use your product. And so, but you don't have the, to do that, people. You don't have to do that no, to be no, cool. You don't have that's to ride right. a thousand miles to be cool. If you just ride well, your bike, thing was, you're cool. You know, <laughs> The, um, when we did the Perseverance Bar, we, we set up, you know, a standard. We want to test on the ISO and the end standard. And he said, there is none for this thing. And I said, well, you got it for the handlebar. And they said, yeah, but what about the loop? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. You know, how much load do you put on that loop? How many right. cycles? You're going to run 500,000 cycles? What, what's, you know. Well, and, for and sure, so, it's more solid than anything you can bolt on a bike. Right. Yeah, for sure. And we, we ran a heavier... Um, gauge of aluminum it's it's a little bit thicker mm-hmm. um and uh, we've had a couple of people say man it's it's a little on the heavy side and you know look at the, the stuff that's being put on these bikes that are going out for 900 you know mile unsupported rides um or t- at so, the grocery store <laughs> yeah you could load it up with that and um so you know we we erred on the side of safety and it's it's overbuilt and uh, we've got guys up in uh, Fairbanks right now that are doing uh, bike yoring. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, hooking the dogs up and letting sure. them pull. I, yeah. I guess you guys do that in, in Wisconsin. Heck yeah. We got the Red Paw <laughs> Rendezvous coming up here in Wisconsin. I have a friend that does it. And, oh, man, Seriously. I want to do it. But my dogs are kind of... Uh, Lethargic and large, and <laughs> big fuzzballs that'd be like, uh, uh, "Why, why do you want me to run? I could just walk down yeah. the trail, maybe." Yeah, there's there's Tupper and another guy up there, uh, John Shower, uh-huh. and uh, they're both big into sled dogs. <clears throat> and so I guess getting them ready for sled season, they start with this this bike stuff, and they're out there riding now, and it, it just looks like so much fun, and you know. Again, you didn't expect that. So where you got two dogs pulling on the front loop of this bar, you know, that's right. Right. That's a uh, a dynamic that you wouldn't normally think that that would test for. No, you wouldn't test for that. And and so those are the kind of things where you've got the real world experience of these people to be able to say to the factory engineer, we need to design something. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what the force is of two dogs pulling on the front end of that bar, but. You know, you've got to take into account that people are going to use it. And you talk to Cameron, he goes, oh, no, you know, people won't, they won't put more than a bedroll up there. And, you know, I said, Cameron, you can't count on that. You know, you cannot count that somebody's only because you only put a bedroll. So, you know, it's it's fun. And um, that's the key. I mean, Jesus, at my age to be doing what I'm doing, um, you know, I roll out of bed in the morning. I can't wait to see what came in from Asia overnight or the early morning guys in Europe and it just goes all through the day until we get back on the Skype calls with uh, the factory in the evening and uh, I love it I'm fortunate I've got a partner here who accepts it and um, she enjoys watching me do what I'm doing so right now I'm in a a really good place and I think you know to that uh, what if we were to offer your listeners a special code where they could get a discount for 
Oh, I don't know. How long does it take for somebody to listen to your podcast? A week, ten days? I, I would say to... safely, you would be good with a couple of weeks. Couple weeks. So if I said fourteen days, yeah. All right. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna turn a code live at the end of this conversation. Gomez twenty, and your listeners will be able to get twenty percent off anything we've got, um, including the sale items. Huh, cool. So right now you'd be able to take that hundred dollar ninety nine dollar bar and get it for under eighty bucks. Awesome! All, All right. right, so that's Gomez Gomez twenty is the code, um, and we're going to turn it on this afternoon, and we will turn it off fourteen days from today. Cool. All, All right. right. Well, well we appreciate. No, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. I, I like talking to you on a, a non public basis. So oh, I yeah, we always a have bit. a good conversation every time we I talk. You're my favorite stop yeah, at, at any uh, bike it. trade show. So, <laughs> And I, I'm super stoked that we got you on the show, and thanks for taking the time. And, well, uh, we're excited to participate with the Triple Crown. And, you know, uh, I do not own, I swear to God, I do not own a coat. Um, <laughs> right, because it's 90 I, degrees there now, right? Well, well, today it'll be about 88. It's cooling off a little. It snowed but, for the first time yesterday in, in I Wisconsin. Love that. So. I love that. More snow, more snow for you, more sunshine for me. We it's had perfect. something we had something world. called grapple, which is ice crystals around a liquid drop of, of rain. So it's like a like a like a seven eleven slurpee that falls from the sky. <laughs> that sounds cool. Not enough that I could move there, but you know, at least with, with this triple crown now you might get me out there to this. So. Hell yeah! All Cameron right. for sure. He'll be he'll be dying to come down from Alaska. You know. Well, cool. Oh. We'll we'll show him. We'll show him. Uh, that we'll 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 feed him on the finest cheese curds and bratwurst. <laughs> That's oh. another reason why I don't come to Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, good. All right, my man. Well, thanks All for right, being on friend. the show. Keep oh, up the good my work. Pleasure. Yeah, you take care. We'll see ya. All right, bye bye. All right, it is. It's after hours. So, uh, it's Friday night, and I'm over here at my buddy Ryan's house. Ryan and Scott are down here in this uh, crazy cool studio. You know, we travel around, and we get to see a lot of cool places. I'm looking around, and I see a Gnome Fest growler <laughs> over there. Yeah, buddy. So, today's... Uh, we're, both of these guys raced the Fall Color Fest. So did I. Um, and we're going to kind of recap the race. So we all uh, we all did the twenty-two mile fat bike race, right? Ryan, what 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 bike are you running? I'm running a 2016 Heller Bloodhound. The Bloodhound, a carbon bike. Carbon bike, yeah. And uh, one of the brands that that. Uh, Kind of was right at the big wave of of fat bike brands. Like everybody wanted to get a bike out there. Was uh, I think that was the open mold answer. It was like a, a stock mold that they branded and tested. And I rode that bike. I tested that bike when it came out. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, that's a good solid bike. I think you know the entry price was reasonable. And it's been a solid bike this entire time. But you said before the race, mm-hmm. 
that <laughs> you rolled those wheel bearings like the night before the race and they were super crunchy. Yep. And yep. yet you did the 22 miles about, I don't know, I think it was like you did it in two hours, you did it 217 and I did it in 230. So one, one 13 minutes passed through me on crunchy hubs. And I probably have like the most high tech, smoothest, newest stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's some ceramics sitting upstairs, definitely. So it's getting replaced. But, oh. Uh, yeah. It, that was definitely not a positive side of that race, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> the night before. I'm like, well, it is what it is. So we're going. And uh, Scott, Scott, you were on a rented bike. Well, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I had this thought earlier. I was like, oh, man, when we get together, we have to have you play what your bikes did. Now, just to give you, like, why why were you on a rented bike? Um, The Creststone had some problems, Um, some creaky door problems, I've heard it (laughs) described as. I don't know if I would describe it as that. It was far worse than that. Ended up being a hub replacement, but uh, well, and a hanger and some other little things. But in the end, we needed a rental, and so the Farley from uh, Wheel and Sprocket was there to save the day. Nice. And set you said you set PRs on the rental bike. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty amazing. I don't know. I uh, you know. So that's something. If if is your Crestone? Does it have like really light wheels on it? It's got the very nice head. I've got a carbon in the front and a lumen in the back because I smoked the carbon this uh-huh. earlier this year. So, so that's that's saying something when you take like a set of mule foots, probably with tubes in them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I can definitely feel it in the front end and in the rear end. Huh? That's cool. And uh, there were twelve people in in the whole category, and. Uh, I came in ninth, but first and last in my age bracket. Well, what was everybody else's results? Uh, I think I was fifth overall. Yeah. First in my age group, though. So, you know, killing Very it nice. for those young 44-year-olds, 43-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to look because they were changing a little bit. I think they missed Scott's for a few days in the beginning. They did. They were having all kinds of Also, issues. there might be 13 people. So I, I was wondering I still, where he was. Yeah. Top 10. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, on your previous podcast, you, you were thinking three hours, so I think you smoked that with yeah, like yeah. three and, and a half or whatever. And so. I got I got some significant PRs, like a minute and five seconds off of my blue loop time. Yeah. So. I, I, it was a good day. It was perfect. Weather was perfect. Everything was perfect out there. So couldn't ask for anything else. So. so? Trails were in a really in good shape. It was a good ride. Yeah. All oh, right. We got results. Okay. I see you. There we go. We got Scott in at a 213. Fifth place. Nice job. Yeah. Ryan, I came in at 214 and seventh. I got kicked down to 10th. Still top 10. <laughs> top 10. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I'll take it, man. Yeah. I was just happy to finish, kind of. That was my goal. Finish and not feel like death, but... Oh, I did the, like the, the worst things like, uh, you know, I have uh, type two diabetes. I'm supposed to take 
take uh, that medicine before, like once in the morning and in the evening. I just didn't take it. Mm. I, I ate all my food, but I didn't take those meds. So I don't know if that made me crash hard. Like after the race, I was just like, I was walking around after the race, everything was fine. And then it was like, Oh dude. Yeah, no, you're like, Oh, this is all the warning lights start to come on. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I had to get food and water in me and get, take my pills. (laughs) God, it's all getting old, I guess. One of these days I'll figure out how to eat while I race. I, have to put it all in my water bottle or I just can't get it in my face. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to eat when you're racing on a mountain bike. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of downtime where you can sit and chew. And no. I, uh, I, I had the bottles full of, of, uh, what did I put in there? I think I, I use this, uh, only what you need liquid because it's has lower sugar and higher protein because of the diabetes. But, um, I did eat one bar, but I swear to God, it all ended up in my beard. <laughs> it was all like stuck in my beard. I don't know. Like, doesn't that paint a dainty picture? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was, blah, blah, I'm coming through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and it, I did finally end up like pulling over and being like, oh, God, yeah, I have to eat something. But it was actually what a fun race. And uh, they, it, the thing that, that struck me about that after party, <laughs> low blood sugar in state was like, wow, this is such a family atmosphere. They had a friggin' bouncy house. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they had a bunch of kids' activities, and there was like some kind of kids' dance contest going on when I walked up the first time. So, yeah. I don't know. I think that's one of the cool aspects of that. I mean, that was the second time I've done that race. And I have a granddaughter mm-hmm. that I would very much like to get on a fat bike. And I saw all those kids, and they're just waiting there to go out and do their race. And just the, the gleam in Grandpa's eye, like, oh, if I can get her on a bike, she'll be there someday. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> man, those Strider bikes, they, they make cool, fat Strider bikes. I just saw a Coleman Cal badged one with like a 200 millimeter hydraulic rear disc brake on it fat bike wheels all are looking <laughs> that's awesome just send it kid yep <laughs> yeah and i want to see more of those videos they there that should be a, uh, like a that should be something we should have at every mountain bike race it would be great at manuka yes they have that whole little repeatable that whole little session area, and there's a cut in so that you can literally just climb up and just keep going around and around there. So right, right. Yeah, it's good to see the young kids out there racing. You know, get them started early, and there's a lot more involvement in the sport, like high school people being involved, uh, coaches and kids and stuff. It's well, really you, good to see. You guys are younger. You know, I'm a little bit older, and we didn't. You know. We didn't really have very many kids at all at mountain bike events for a long time because, um, I don't know. What were my kids doing? I brought my, my kids to some mountain bike events, but not at races and whatnot. Right. And I guess Fall well, Color Fest is really a race and a festival, and people just go there and to ride and have fun. 
I kind of went there to race. It's kind of funny. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> it's kind of funny. And you said, oh, you know, I've kind of been training. I, yeah. I kind of want to get after it. And You know, the, the Savage Monkey, we talked about, you and I talked about the Savage Monkey at the start. I'm like, nobody wants to see the Savage Monkey. But he's in there, and he wants to win. <laughs> It's real. It is real. <laughs> yeah. Until I, and the savage monkey was gone at the twenty mile mark. Was it twenty two? It was like ah, oh, no more savage monkey yep. <laughs> available. That happened to me absolutely. <laughs> oh man. Well, all right. Anything else we should talk about? Fall color fest? Or are we? Oh, you know what? I'm going to put you guys under under mm. the gun. We'll have like. We'll have two questions. One is, and you can contemplate this uh, or preface your your the well, two part question. Part one is, you want to do a three person team for the shell track race at uh, in in uh, up there in Manitou Manitou. I am losing my mind here. Manitowoc. Manitowoc. Yeah. Manitowoc. Shell Cup, where they make, yeah, it's 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 a beach race, mm. a mountain bike and beach race. It's one of the oldest races that still runs the original like enduro format. Yeah, Snow Crown Race Series Shell Track. Anyway, so that's part one of the question, and you can say maybe, and the other is. We'll start with Scott. Is like, what's your what's your jam song? What's your favorite song to ride the bike fast? Oh, to ride it fast. Hmm. Well, since you guys took the one from last week, which it sounds like is on everybody's playlist, the uh, Everlong. That is a good one. Um, okay, I've got one. It is um, the Melvins mm-hmm. Honey Bucket. All right, Melvins. Honey bucket, y'all will definitely enjoy that. <laughs> and the uh, some very old school like thrash, like nineteen eighties thrash. All right, getting just at it. And we, we're going to put these in the show notes. And uh, Jane's addiction, about, just because. Jane's addiction, just because. And what, what album is that from? Oh, that's a good question. He's got he's got iTunes open at the control center here. It's on the strays or strays. There you go. Yeah. And think about think about that race. It's a fun race. So it starts single track, goes out to the beach, along the beach, up. Like there's uh, almost like a wheelchair access ramp that you ride up that initial primary dune, and then there's single track back down, and there's even some topography that takes you back down to this cool little picnic pavilion that is Creekside that it looks like it was built in the 30s. It reminds me of like the old forest preserves in Crook County down there in Illinois. Like, shout out to my my (laughs) homies in Des Plaines. (laughs) Tony Grande out there. Well, I mean, you had me at race, so. (laughs) All right. And Hopefully they still do the three-person team. If not, then we just go there and we'll just and race. And three-person. Yeah. Do it. Heck yeah. All right. Shell track. So uh, if you want to come out and race with us. Sounds like a party. Ryan, Scott, Gomez. Hang, uh, out, hang out with the gnomies. 
We can uh, race under the uh, Bike Black Ribbon banner because uh, then, you know, we know what color to wear. Never, but I, I decided, like, it's a warm color. On I the think <laughs> for where I live now, I just need to wear camo everything. I need to get, I need to, like, I, I'm going mossy oak on, on everything. Mossy oak. And if I could get, like, mossy oak and hickory in there, because we got wow. those fucking hickory. Or, no, it's black walnut trees. But those green balls, do you have them on all your trails? Do they have them in Manuka? It's like, uh, I don't see them at Kettle very much, but yeah. uh, my home trails. Mm. Holy crap. And even with fat bikes, you can just kind of roll over them. But anything else, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to skate. Like you can whatever the side on those things. What's, the, what's the outside radius of a, of a like, a, it's just like a pickleball or like, <laughs> like a handball, right? It's probably like three, three and a half inches. Your, tie, your bike's just going to move laterally going 16 miles an hour. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like a buffalo on roller skates. <laughs> Well said. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I think that that's what I need tattooed on, on my arm. All right. So anything else, boys? Actually, I do have something else. All right. It was one fall color fest related item that if someone is listening from there, they need to have a fat bike wave. Oh, yeah. That would have been better. Yeah. I would yeah. like a picture of all 12 of us lined up fat bikes right there. Yeah. Other yeah, than yeah. That, I I'm thought good. the same thing. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, we couldn't, we, we didn't have that opportunity to have all those because I would have jumped out there and taken that picture for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It was, other than that, it was really quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a good time. I thought about having, having uh, James Wamser on the show. But yeah, I, I could have told him directly. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. He, uh, oh, yeah, and I was gonna wear my medal too. <laughs> Scott and I got medals. <laughs> Somehow they pimped you out of it. How did you not get a medal? Uh, Are you just not the right age bracket? I don't know. That could be it. Well, I'm not sure. We haven't checked the mail yet today, so. <laughs> Could be in there. <laughs> it's just going to end up. Yeah, this is what I thought about. It's like I should just give this my medal to Ryan, but I <laughs> I forgot to bring it. But I thought because it's just going to end up in some like estate sale. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Sold so for a quarter. Some kid's going to wear it around the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm a champion. <laughs> but yeah, I get I hung it around the. Uh, Chainsaw carving bear that all my medals are on. All, all, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dudes. That's it for uh, for the after hours. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and fatbike.com. I think these things are on iTunes as well. I should really get after putting these things up on more uh, platforms, all the webs. So people in Estonia can get us very easily right on their smartphones. On the